Welcome to another episode of Optimum 7 Surge Sessions, our weekly e-commerce, digital marketing, and technology podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Surge. This week, we will talk about Big Commerce's acquisition of Feedonomics, as well as their relationship that they're building with Mercado Libre. Now, let's talk about Feedonomics first. I didn't know this. I knew about the brand, mm-hmm. but um, I think we worked. I don't, I don't know if you recall. I think we logged into it a few times, uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Joe, I don't really remember. We usually use Go, Go Data, Data Feed yeah. and a couple of other solutions. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that Big Commerce did this acquisition is because they wanted to be more strong about the, the multi-channel approach that they have. And in this industry, you know, we have the channel advisor and a couple of other channel managers, but there is nothing really that Shopify, Big Commerce, 3D Card, Volusion provides internally that enables you to list your products on multiple channels. And I think this is what they're going after. What do you make yeah. of this? Um, well, a lot of these hosted solutions like Shopify and BigCommerce, they have attempted uh, to create these integrations. Um, but now, again, these platforms, what their, their specialty is e-commerce, right? And, and specifically their own platform, their own technology. Now they're trying to recreate an additional software that, that another company specializes in specifically. So what I, I I really like that big commerce did this rather than them trying to create this in house, right? And it just being a secondary product offering for them. They went and they acquired a business who already had a working final product and and, the know-how and the know-how exactly. Because in the past we've seen that these hosted solutions that say, okay, yeah, I have a direct integration with Google shopping, right? Now, all of a sudden you have child products and variants that feed gets broken, right? Because it's not built properly to to adapt to all the different requirements that Google Shopping has. Um, Same thing goes with Facebook. If your Facebook catalog, if you try to integrate your Facebook catalog using uh, the out of uh, the old out of the box integration and you have variants, your catalog is going to break and the products are not going to get migrated over properly. So I think this was a terrific move on BigCommerce's part by going with Feedonomics and acquiring Feedonomics. Uh, it's going to open up the doors for them tremendously because I do know and I've heard this from many clients um, or potential migration prospects that that was a cause of concern for them was the fact that, you know, they're currently selling on 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 Google Shopping, Amazon, Walmart, heavily pro- doing dynamic product retargeting on Facebook. And at that moment in time, there were issues with the feed and the catalogs coming from big commerce. Yeah. And now what happens is big commerce gets a good um, upper hand, right? In the industry with against the competition is where they can say, well, okay, come to big commerce or if you're on big commerce, you know, you can literally press a button or you can do some customizations, minor customizations and settings, and you can sell on Walmart, you can sell on Amazon, you can sell here, you can have your full integrations with your Facebook catalog or mm-hmm. Maybe another catalog that's gonna pop up from TikTok a few months later, right? Yep. So um, I think from the from the perspective of big commerce, I agree that it was a good move. Now they have a, a stronger pitch to merchants, and we were just talking about ROI, right? Where e-commerce business owners are looking for an ROI, and think about the power of turning on a specific marketplace and increasing your revenue by 20-25%. And there are a lot of these marketplaces 
Um, which brings the conversation to Mercado Libre. Again, Mercado Libre, I think, I don't want to quote uh, you wrong, yeah. Joe, but maybe 25 to 30% of all e-commerce transactions happens on Mercado Libre. Yeah, there was, this, I don't, yeah, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was pretty substantial. Yeah. Right. So um, they are essentially one of the primary e-commerce storefronts they obviously they have brick and mortar locations all throughout mm -hmm. latin america um but with their partnership with big commerce and being on the e on big commerce platform mm -hmm. um they're seeing huge increases in online orders obviously this could have you know this could be cause of uh, the pandemic right more people forced to shop online and and they you know right place right time and they decided to offer an online solution whereas other latin american um establishments and businesses aren't there yet or don't have the technology or or the resources. Um, so it was definitely a great move on their part of, of really going on big commerces and establishing themselves in the Latin American market mm -hmm. um, and on, on Mercado Libres and going with big commerce to be able to increase their organic, or I'm sorry, their, their e-commerce sales. Yeah, and if you think about it uh, from the stand, and again, you know, we run and operate our own e-commerce uh, businesses as well at Optimum 7. As an e-commerce business owner, if you're in the North America market, you can really sell to USA and Canada. I mean, you can ship to Europe. It's a nightmare. You're going to have to deal with the, the UK rules. You're going to have to deal with European rules. Like, yes, you can ship, but you're going to have a lot of issues with customs most of the time. But logistics of shipping to Latin America is not actually that difficult. So I think what big commerce is trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, you know, list in this marketplace, maybe it will up you 10%. List in that marketplace, maybe it will up, up your revenue 15%. Let us deal with all the issues of this integration or the feed or the, or the product variations. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're trying to open up marketplace of Latin America with this agreement that they're doing with Mercado Libre. I think it's the right move. Now, how likely is it that Latin America aggressively shops from United States? And we know that people like to come here and shop here mm -hmm. and leave. Yeah. But I guess my question is, would somebody from Argentina or Colombia uh, actually buy a product from United States and have it shipped over there? I think that they would. Um, I think it's now, like you said in the beginning, on the on the e-commerce on the e-commerce store owner side of things, are they willing to sell? Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, logistics, like, you, you know, they're not as hard as you think, but it, depending on what Latin American country you're shipping to, it can differ, right? It could be extremely difficult depending on the Latin American country, or it could be easier. Um, so I think it really does depend. It's about identifying which countries actually have, um, you know, the, the, infrastructure to handle you know the shipping and handling and and customs if it's not if it's not too much of a headache identify those and start off with those i do believe that there are that there's demand for U u.s brands in latin america and we said that this was um a good move by big commerce but what do you think this does in terms of big commerce uh trying to compete with shopify do you think that it's a huge move do you think that it's a move in the right direction or is shopify just too big now that nobody can really compete with them well it's it's obviously a step in the right direction um you know shopify's feed um out of any other hosted solution it was probably the best 
right? We, we didn't really see too many issues with, you know, the Facebook catalog integration or Google shopping integration. Um, so if anything, you know, this was not just a good, good move on BigCommerce's part. It was a necessary move on BigCommerce's part. This is something that they absolutely had to do. I think they went about it the right way by acquiring an established, uh, software um rather than trying to build it themselves uh this they will definitely see an uptick in new stores coming to them specifically because of this i don't want to say that they're you know shopify is too big to fail i think that there's plenty of room in this market and plenty of growth that is going to happen over the next five to ten years in the e-commerce space so we'll see what happens and i want to touch on one last thing you know big commerce enterprises uh, pricing depends on your order volume mm -hmm. uh, and your average order value, right? So if they give you the capability to open a marketplace and order all the orders from that marketplace suddenly flow into big commerce, you're getting 20, 25% more orders and big commerce makes 20, 25% more money. So I'm pretty sure that they're building that into their calculations of, well, if we can increase, um, our enterprise customers revenue and order volume by 30%. That means that we're going to increase our revenue yeah. probably by 34% yeah. because they go to the next yeah. phase of the billing, right? Yeah. And their order numbers are increasing. And I don't think that the merchants or the business owners would complain about that. I mean, I, if you can promise me 30% in increase in revenue, I'm happy to share percentage of that with you mm -hmm. because you're making that integration possible. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So that's it for this week. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Optimum 7 Surge Sessions. Do you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to cover? Or simply have a question about one of the topics we have previously covered? Send us an email to info at Optimum7.com or visit our website, www.Optimum7.com.